That's what I wanted. Okay. Boker Tov, we continue in Moid Katan. We're on Daf Hayam at Bays, and we're going th- going through now different parts of the Brisa that discusses when we have to put markers in a cemetery. And we listed a number of situations, and now they deal with the situations. You have to put a marker where there are svekos, where there are doubts. And they listed a number of doubts. So we begin with the. So we're going back and just going through bits and bits of the brisa. Veilohinasvekos, and these are places where it's a doubt. Sechachos, those are canopies, ufraos, and protrusions, and one more. I don't know why the more didn't say it. And a base hapras. So we're going to go through those three situations, and we're not going to get past that today. So let's discuss what they are and to understand why we have to put a marker in these places. So, shachachos, what are shachachos? Is an ilan, a tree, hamesach al that overhangs the ground, okay? And it's in a place where it's possible someone could have uh, buried someone there, so we put a marker over there. Praos, what are praos? Avanim peruos hayotzi minagadar. Protrusions, that are stones that extend from a wall. Okay, and again, we said these are these two cases are areas near a graveyard. Okay, uh, so different explains exactly what it is, but that's the main idea. Okay, now base apras. This is the one that's going to be very involved. What is a base apras? So kidetnan, as we learned in a mission in Oholos. If somebody plows over a grave, you had a grave in this field, clearly was a grave, and for whatever reason, it's been plowed over. So now, let's say, let's say this table is, is a big area, okay? Let's say right over here was a grave. Okay, now a plow comes along and plows the whole area, okay? Now... What's the problem? Where is the remain? Where are the remains of the body? Out. Now, until now, it was right there. Right. Where are the remains now? All over the place. It could be all over the place. It could be all over the place. So since it's been plowed over, the fragments of bone can be scattered throughout the plowed area. And remember, if the bone fragment is as large as a barley grain, that generates corpse tumor. So the rabbis call this whole area, they define it as a base hapras. Literally, base means a house of, pras means something that's cut in half. So like a fragment, a pras. So it's a house, so to speak, that has a fragment, and they decreed anyone who enters the area is rabbinically tummy. Under biblical law, the entire area does not generate tumma. Okay, it's a whole discussion why, but at least rabbinically, the whole does area. Does not generate tumor. I'm sorry? Does not generate tumor? Biblically. Biblically, it does. Okay, it's a whole discussion why, but all we need to know now is the rabbis say it is a base apras, and therefore the entire area that was plowed over. Now, obviously, there has to be a limit because, let's say, 
we plowed over 50 miles of land. <laughs> okay? So we're not going to schlep the bones that far. So there's going to be a limit. So the area, is will be a big sign saying, warning, entering a base hapras. Okay? And therefore, you got to stay away from that area. All right? Because of rabbinic prohibition. So now the question is, Vakama Huosa, how much of the field does he make a base hapras? How do we how far do we go? So mole ma'ana meya ama a furrow's length, which is one hundred amas from the grave. In other words, that's how far the plowshare could reasonably have transported bone fragments. Okay? Now that's according to Rashi in Tmura. Rashi over here and others delete from the text the sentence defining based on process of field in which a grave was plowed over. For the Gemara below states that in our context, the term based on process refers to a field that is deemed entirely tummy on account of a different uncertainty. Okay, either way, it's an area as far as the plow can go. Okay, it's exactly how far it is not. And we're now saying you cannot go into that area because it's a base of pras, so we mark it. Why? So the assumption is, so nobody who has any truma will go in and make the truma tame, or if a Kohen would go in, he would be tame. That would seem to be why we need to mark a base of pras. So, so now, the field becomes unusable then. Yes. Why did you plow it in the first place? You know, you don't ask questions sense. on why people do things. You know, it's very simple. If you ask Tony, he could tell you the answer. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Because he'll tell you, often the Israeli government decides oh. to plow down certain areas, <laughs> right, and make yeah. roads, and guess what they find? Bones. Graves. Yeah. Yeah. Below. Uh-huh. Now, it's up to the Israeli government alone. No problem. Let's just keep plowing away. Oh, you got those Haredim yelling up and screaming up and down. You can't do that. Got to bring the, 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 what do you call it? the Agency of Antiquities, whatever it's called. They got to check. It's a Jewish grave, not Jewish grave, this and that. And the government does not like that. Because they, what are you talking about? Who cares? It buried uh, 500 years ago. Who cares? So you're asking, how, how could it be? It's not a, remember, in the times of the Gemara, who was running the country? The Romans. The Romans. You don't think they built roads? No. Right. whatever they built, they built all kinds of things. So they just plow away. So they don't, they don't care. So, okay, so now at least we have to, if they plowed it for whatever reason, they want to make a nice garden. <laughs> so that's what it is. So that's the issue. So now you're telling... The only Maregel, right? What? The only Maregel. The well, there's no one older Maregel in times of the Romans. There's no base on English. But even even so, there's, there's always politics. There's always people doing things. Like, it's, it doesn't matter why, why they did it. They shouldn't have done it. Okay. So now, the more, that's, what, that's so far how we've explained the Bryson. Now, now, just, you said yes, they were not wanting to waste too much space in the land of Israel. So this would be yes. 150 to 200 feet square. That's a lot of area. That's a big it, ball, it should not have been done. But we're still farming it. But no, it's we're a ba- no, it's a base of press. You put like a fence around that and just say do not enter. More or less, I mean, it's, it's just a marker. What, what, what can you do? 
Well, you could, but everything there would be tummy. Again, there's no Avera to go there unless you're a Kohen, unless you're a, what do you call it, uh, you have Truma. So it's going to be all kinds of issues over there. So, But, but you, you could walk through it, but you're going to be rabbinically tummy. But you're right. But that's a problem. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? You're right. So when we when we know exactly here is the mace, yeah. okay, so we make over here. Okay, that's it. You don't go too far. But uh, this guy made a big problem. So I don't know what to tell you. And we know you can dig up the corpse and move it. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay, whatever. But the guy, it just got plowed out. You know, you don't, you don't ask. It doesn't say you're supposed to do it. A person plowed it out. It now has become a base of pras. That's it. So if if the Romans did it, what are you going to do? Right. So now the question though is, so hang on. Ubeis pras me metamibo hell. Gamora's not going to question, wait a minute, since when does a base of pras gives off Tumas Ohel? There's a Tuma, but who says it's a Tumas Ohel? Remember, the whole problem is only because if you walk by, it's, you're going to be in the airspace and you'd be metamir. However, let's see what people have said about a base of pras. says, Let's say a person has to walk through a base of pras. It's almost like bringing you back to World War II and going through a minefield. If you recall, what, well, when I was a kid, I watched these World War II movies, right? So they say, oh, there's a minefield and we have to cross it. So remember what they did? First of all, they pick a schwarze. That's just the way it was. <laughs> At least in the movies, you know, if someone's got to get blown up, yeah, but they mistreated the blacks. Uh, they, they put them in the worst places. Uh, it's also, same through with the Israeli army during uh, certain wars. They put the Sephardim or others. Uh, the new Olim, the new Olim, <laughs> send them up uh, front, let them get blown up. But anyway, so he sent him and he takes a little knife and slowly, slowly, until he, you know, he finds it, he removes it, this and that. So this is what it's going to remind me of. Why? So what happens? He says... Okay, a person blows, if you want to walk through a base of pras, so what do you do? You blow on the ground, you, 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 what do you call it? You go on your hands and knees, and, and you, or, or first blow, whatever, and walk through it. So let's say, this refers to one who must remain tor, because on his way to slaughter the Pesach offering. Can you imagine you're going... Okay, and you decide, and you got to go through here, or it's five hours going around. Okay, so as stated above, the reason base of pras renders one tummy is because of the possibility that it is strewn with bone fragments. The rabbis fear that one walking through the field would acquire corpse tumor by moving a fragment with his foot. However, a person must pass through the field in order to offer the Pesach in time. The Rasulam to do so provides he blows on the ground before him in advance of taking each step. Thus he will blow any minute fragments out of his path, and he will notice any large pieces and avoid treading on them. Okay, remember how big does the bone have to be to touch it? Barley grain. 
Since we permit walking through a base of pras by merely blowing the bone chips to the side, and we're not concerned about bone chips that lie beneath the ground, it is obvious that a base of pras does not transmit tuma by way of all hell. If it would, the blowing would be useless since the person might be passing over a buried chip. Now, the reason the base of pras does not transmit tuma by way of all is that we assume that the bones were ground up and the minimum measurement required for ohel is not gathered in one place. For ohel, it's not gathered. However, the, the oil needs to be bigger, but if it's touching, however, the concern for transmission of tuna through moving a bone is present, since even a chip the size of a barley grain. So a chip the size of a barley grain, if I touch or move, makes you tell me, but a chip of a barley grain does not provide ohel. So, Therefore, question now is, so Morris asking, why do you have to mark it? You see that you can go through the field. Okay. And therefore... Yeah. Because you don't mark the field, no one will know they're supposed to do that. No, but, but that doesn't mean that... No, you know it's a base of pras, but we didn't put markings. There's two separate things. Marking means you don't go in. Marking means... Keep out. It's like a barrier. But 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 you're and once the markings are there, you don't go through, right? But you have to write it's a base of pras. So now you can still go through. Okay. So that's number one problem. And Rabbiuda Barami Shvedulova and Rabbiuda says base of pras shenidash tor. A base of pras that was trampled on by many people is tahor. What does that mean? If you have a base of pras, and again, people weren't supposed to, and lots of people have been traveling through it before we marked it. Well, why? Because the heavy traffic ensures that any bone chips will be reduced to less than the size of a grain of barley, which is the smallest measure too much, which will generate corpse too much. Alternatively, any bone fragments lying in the path will be pushed by, to the side by constant trampling of many feet. Ula adds a leniency to the ruling of Shmuel. He says that blowing the path is unnecessary in a case where the base of pras was trampled by many people. Be that as it may, so what's the problem of going through a base of pras? Why do we have to mark and make a, a tzion to keep out? You don't have to keep out. We see that there are situations where it's not a problem. So Amar of Papa, Rapapa answers by expanding the definition of a sapras. There's more than one definition of a sapras. You have a, 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 this is a sapras, and you're right, this kind of a sapras you would not have to mark. But there's another kind of a sapras. Low kasha, it's not a question. Khan, okay, in the brisa, which requires a marker, we're speaking about besada, it's a field. Sha'ovad Bokever, where a grave was lost. Now, lost means we don't know where it is. Okay, and that means it's a full kever, full body. And a full body for sure gives corpse tuma via ohel. Okay, the field contains an intact grave whose precise location is unknown. This type of field is also called a base of pras. We'll see why. Well, now, since an intact grave does convey to him a way of OL, so anyone entering the field is considered tummy because of the possibility he passed over the grave. There it needs marking. 
Again, it's only rabbinic. Okay, it's not biblical. It's a suffake. Okay, but we have to presume your tummy. And that's the case that we mentioned in the Brisa. Not that it got plowed over, but based on process, we know in this area, there's a grave, a full grave. So you can, you might ask, why don't we do it? dig for it? I don't know. But Khan, the one where we have the leniencies is Bisada Shenichrash Bokever, where Shmuel allows you to blow a path or whatever. That's where it got ground up. And therefore, that's not the problem. So therefore, there's two types of base pras. Okay, well, Gamora is still not satisfied with this. So what, what the question is, well, we understood when you plowed the field, you call it a base hapras, because pras literally means breaking in half or breaking, making fragments. So when you plowed it, you made fragments. But if you're missing a corpse, why would you call that a base hapras? Give it another name, a, a suffix... Uh, Suffolk kever, whatever. What base apras means a house of cutting or breaking. There's no breaking going on. So Vasodashinekrash Bokevar Base Hapras Korile. Oh, first we start with oh. So he's saying, so a field in which a grave was lost, is that called a base hapras? Because remember, it comes from fragments. Gamora right. says, in yes, we could call it a base hapras. How is that? And so we learned in a Mishnah. Now, that's not a direct quote from a Mishnah, but it's a combination of three Mishnayases, or Detanya, whatever. But we're going to see why that is considered so. The question now is, what is how many graves have to be missing, or better yet, there's three categories of a Beisapras. Shlosha Beisaprashem. Okay, there's three types of Beisapras. So therefore, if a person's going to be eating truma, a coin, he has to be tar. And we use the term base apras in a borrowed sense, any field where the rabbis impose a presumption of tuma. So the brysa calls them a base apras. It's not just ra- ra- one of the rabbis saying, oh, I'll just call it a base apras. No, it's a brysa calling it a base apras. So what is that? Well, number one, soda shenevet bakever. The Bryce, the Mishnah says, a field where you lost a kever. And Vesada Shenechrish Bokever. And a field which was plowed that had a kever. Vesada Bokhin, and a crying field. So, first of all, you see, a Mishnah says, this is called a base apras. You want to know the reason? We can discuss it. But it's a Mishnah that says a base apras. Okay. Now, what's a crying field? Now, see, see how we just constantly move further off topic over here. Because so, we had an answer. No, it is called a base of brass. It says in the Mishnah. So it's lost. It's a base of brass. But the question is, but we had to throw in the whole Mishnah. So we got a crying field. What's a crying field? My Sodabochin. It's what? A field where they take their leave of the dead. In other words, when a corpse is transported from one town to another to get buried, it's brought to a field on the outskirts of the city where now there's going to transport it and make their leave and go far away. And now the local barriers take custody. Let's say in this city, the guy, the corpse is here. The guy dies here. Okay? City limits are till here. And the, and the cemetery, for whatever reason, let's say his base of us, his family burial grounds are here. He died over here. So now they got to take him from here, there. So they're going to take him till here. Because these people, they're going to want to travel to another city. 
people from the other city come here, and here is the area, the designated area, where they take their leave and they cry for the one who's there. Okay, so, and the local, okay, the local people cleanse the corpse in that field to do the tahara to prepare for burial and then transport it to the cemetery. This is called a wailing field because the two groups meet where they all cry. Okay, so now, again, why is it called the wailing field? The time of my, and what's the reason? Why right, we call it a base apras. No, that's right. So there's no breaking. Right. Ah, Amar Avime, Avime says, because the owner's abandonment that the rabbis applied this law. <laughs> Since the corpse was brought from afar, there's a possibility that it began to decompose and a loosened limb oh, fell yeah. off in that field. The original owners of the corpse, so to speak, the family, and the barriers who receive it might each rely upon the other to ensure that no body part is left there. <laughs> And what does that mean? Too many cooks in the kitchen and no body part is left there. This could result in a limb being abandoned in the field. <laughs> Additionally, a corpse may sometimes arrive near nightfall and as original owners hasten to take their leave and the barriers hasten to complete their duties, a limb may be abandoned there. It might be hidden in the grass. Some may come along and buried in that place. The rabbi never called the field Tomei on that doubt. And again, I guess pros is that they kind of broke the group together, so to speak, since they were not acting as one because they're relying on the other. Or or yeah, yeah, it broke off. Others explain there's actually no concern for Tumi in the whaling field, rather in order to ensure that such a field remain available for funerals and not be used for any other purpose. The rabbis decreed that anyone entering the area be considered as if he were Tumi. The expression owner's abandonment means that if the public appropriated a private field for this purpose and the owner did not voice objection, he has abandoned his rights to the field and may not plant in it again. Okay. Uh, okay. Either way, it's a base hapras. And that is why we're calling them all a base hapras. Okay. Now, the Gemara now questions Rav Papa's conclusion. Rav Papa said, that a field in which a grave was plowed, so he says, does not require markings. Okay? Does a field in which a grave was plowed over not require a marking? Okay, that's what they're, that's what they were saying with the suffix. Let's go back. Okay, anyway, we had uh, the doubtful ones. Uh, here's David signing. Okay, so according to uh, Rav Papa, Rav Papa holds that a marker is not needed for a plowed field. That's Rav Papa's position. Okay, so we're going to say it doesn't need to be marked. For Hatanya, we learned in Ebrisa, Matzah Let's say you find a field who is being marked. Okay, but but we don't know why. You see markings around the field. You don't know why. He doesn't know whether it contains a plowed over grave or a lost one. Remember we said the plowed over one is one type. That's it's a whole different situation. Remember we, we gave an answer now. Based on process, where's where it got lost? Okay. And not plowed over. No. So not plowed over, I guess you don't. You don't have to mark it. So you're telling me you don't have to mark it. 
But let's say you find it's marked and we're not sure why. why? We don't know if it has a plowed over grave, which is not a problem, or a lost one, but it's intact. So you can rely, so he doesn't know whether he can traverse the field by, remember, by blowing on the ground. Yeah. If it was like that, you can blow on the ground, but it doesn't give off tumma, right? Or because you might touch it, right? So remember, you, you, you would, you have to mark and say it's a base of pras, although it doesn't give off tumma because he still could touch it and you have to blow your way through or it's a base of pras because it's been plowed. plowed over, yeah. So you don't know what the status of the field. Can I not go in and do I go in by blowing? So here's what it says. Yesh ba'ilanos, if there are trees in the field, and now, biadua, now we know, shenechresh kever. That's clear a grave was plowed over. Why? For the field was certainly plowed for the benefit of the trees. Yeah. Thus, it does not transmit tumma by way of oil, and it's safe to enter the field by blowing on the ground. Huh. One might ask, perhaps the corpse was buried in the field after the trees had been planted and was never plowed again. The answer is that we're dealing with trees whose maintenance requires regular plowing of the surrounding ground. Clearly, the field was plowed after the burial. Okay, however, ain ba'ilanos, but if there are no trees, if there are no trees, we know that a grave was lost in it. In other words, we presume that there's an intact grave lost in it. People are generally not so wicked as to plow over a grave. Right? So now, what do you figure what would be the worst scenario, the more likely scenario? Furthermore, it's going to plant anything in a graveyard. Therefore, when there's no evidence that the field has been plowed, we interpret the markers indicate it contains an intact grave. Thus, it conveys tuma by being an ohel and may not be traversed by anyone who wishes even to blow with that. That's his opinion. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no. We have to consult an elder stage or student, someone who's been around for a long time, and can testify if it was plowed. Why? Because not everyone's an expert in this manner. In other words, only a Torah scholar is reliable for this testimony because it makes his business team informed by all halachic matters affecting the town and will know whether the marker was placed there. In other words, other people don't remember. Who cares? Ah, somebody died somewhere. I don't know. But uh, Talmud Chacham, he's careful. He's makvid. He's machmir. So wait a minute. I, I go by this. I have to know the whole story over here. So you the whole, so we may not judge the status of field on the basis of trees. That's not enough. We must treat it stringently unless there's a reliable testimony that the grave was plowed over. Okay. So that's going to be the question on Rapapa. Who seems to say there's no tum at all? So what what's going on? So the answer is Kitan Yahahi. In what regard was this Brisa taught? It's speaking clearly. Besada Shaavad Bakever Tetsinuha. Ah, we're not talking about regular Besa Pras. Talking about a field in which an intact grave was for sure lost, and they immediately marked it. Okay, a field in which the grave was plowed over does not initially require marking. According to him. Here, however, the field was marked while the lost grave was intact. There's matter of question whether later it was plowed over. 
In other words, we know. It's not a question. We don't know the nature of the field at all. We know, there we know there was a grave. We know it was marked. It, it needed marking. But now, the, the, there's no mark. And we don't know if it's just lost or if it's plowed. Under that circumstance, then, of course, yes, us if there are trees, we do a kever. We know for sure it was plowed over. Ain't if there's no trees, we do a Kever, then we know it was lost, and now we got to treat it much more strictly. Aye, wait a minute. The Lechush would still have one more other possibility. How could this be so reliable? Maybe Dilma Ilonas Migavoy the Kever Bright. But maybe let's be concerned that the trees are in the interior portion of the field, and the graves in the exterior portion of the field. In that case, where only the middle of the marked field is planted, it certainly is plausible the person who did the planting knew that the lost grave was somewhere in the field's perimeter and therefore avoid plot putting trees there. So he's, the more answers, Kid Amar Ula, as Ula already explained somewhere else, in another place it says where the trees are situated in the boundaries of the field. Therefore we hear the same thing. Here we're talking about where the trees are situated on the boundaries. And if they're on the boundaries, you're not going to have a grave located right. outside of the trees. So, so the trees the run along the boundary mm-hmm. between the field and the public domain. So no corpse was buried outside the trees in the public. It's lost somewhere inside the trees and was certainly not plowed over. Ah, but wait a minute. But how about the Dilma Tuma Megavoy Vilonis Mi Baroy? But perhaps the tomb of the grave is in the interior portion and the trees are on its exterior portion. Maybe that came first. Our answers, we're speaking where the trees were intertwined over the entire field. Okay, they're not only in one row, but they're all through it. It's obvious every the part was peeled, was plowed for the trees because they're all over the place. Okay, then the more is going to give. Uh, another the boy same. Let me just do one more quick answer, and another answer could be presented. Ha'amran, we but we said above ein marchik in tuma. We don't distance the marker from the location of the tuma. Remember that Shelley brought up that point. Sholahavsi this Eretz Yisrael. Do not waste any part of Eretz Yisrael since the marker is found near the trees. We can be certain the grave was plowed over. Okay, so we know it's not going to be further because we want to waste part of Eretz Yisrael. And that answers the questions. And we still have to go back to this price and go back to other issues on that topic. Is there a okay. statute of limitation for this? Statute of limitations when, the, when you lose the mark. Do you have, is there statute of limitations on cemeteries? Obviously, there's nothing there other than the marker. Keep it in check. So, so when are you uh, 